welcome to another episode of the Everyday Expertise Podcast. I'm your host, Roland Martin, and I hope that today's conversation will expand your knowledge. Before I introduce this week's guest, I want to say a little bit about an upcoming episode. For episode 15, I'm planning to invite my brother, Ricky, back to the show for a Q&A segment. We are inviting you, the audience, to send us questions that we will read and answer on episode 15. I'll be providing more information about this at the end of this episode, so I will leave it at that for now. Today I'm excited to welcome Logan Martin to the show. Logan is my cousin, and like a few previous guests, we'll be talking about his work with Martin's Family Fruit Farm. Logan and I spent years working with his dad, selling produce at the local farmer's market. We probably were not always the best salespeople, but our skills did slowly develop as the years went by. During slow times, we always enjoyed conversing and learning from each other. It was great to have the chance to sit down with Logan again and hear his story and the things that he has learned from his experience in sales. I hope that you will enjoy it and learn from his expertise. Welcome, Logan, to Everyday Expertise. It's really good to have you here. Hey, Roland. It's good to be here. All right. So tell me, what does your work look like currently? Yeah, so currently I am working at Martin's Family Fruit Farm, like a few of your other guests here. Um, And so I would be in the sales department. Um, So my title is Sales and Business Development Manager. Mm -hmm. So that basically includes um, selling things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then managing the account afterwards, okay. um, so making sure that the customer remains happy through the entire process. Uh, so my focus is less on fresh apples and more on our value-added products. Mm-hmm. So apple chips, apple juice, uh, particularly bulk that we would sell to craft cideries, okay, and apple slices and dices that we would sell for commercial bakeries. Okay, so you. You said that you're both trying to find new customers or bringing new customers in in, in different ways, um, as well as continuing to, to work with customers um, and keeping that relationship going. Is that is that what I heard you saying there? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Do you have a, a favorite of those products that you work with or um, does it not matter which one? Um, so my preference is probably Apple chips at this point. Okay. Uh, yep. Partially because it's the newest of the of the ones that I'm working on. Uh, I've been working with juice for quite a while. I've been working with slices for the last three years, and but apple chips have really started to come into over the last year. So, so you so personally really have just that. started working with them. Like they've been around a lot longer. They've been than around that, yeah. since 2012. Yeah. But okay. for me personally, I've started having more of a focus over the past year on them, and so I enjoy that. And it's also it's very, we'll talk more about this throughout the whole thing, but it's a different sales process going with more of the commodity type thing okay. with juice and slices rather than um, the consumer product. Oh, so it's, yeah. a, it's a different sales pro- process and yeah. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, no, I'm interested in hearing more about that because I hadn't thought about from from your perspective how that would look different for, for those different products. So so that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um so I I like to to hear what kind of some of the things that you do. So is there anything you can share about what a typical day looks like, or some of the some of the activities that you do on a regular basis? Yeah. So typical day is 
a lot of email, uh, mm -hmm. phone calls, um, customer visits, that type of thing. Uh, might be filling out paperwork if we're if we're getting close with a with a new customer okay. just to get us set up in their their system. Might be researching new potential opportunities. Mm -hmm. Nah, but most of my job, I would say, this may be just a bit of a number, but let's say eighty five percent is more managing the accounts rather okay. than looking for new ones, particularly mm -hmm. during COVID. Um, COVID isn't a great time to try and sell new products to retailers. They're not super excited about that. Right. Um, is that because like what a lot of new customer work, I mean, finding new customers, is that done face to face more so, or is that not the reason that it's gone down during COVID here? Yeah. So some is as far as kind of initial product uh, presentations and that type of thing. Right. But it's more that most retailers are still focused on, um, they're still focused on their core items. They want uh, to make yeah. sure that those are items yes, are taken yeah. care of. Uh, a lot of retailers, like their head office people, are still working from home, mm -hmm. and so it makes it harder. And so they're not really looking for new products. Yeah. They're more focused on status quo right now. Yeah. And and so it's it's hard to introduce a new product like Apple chips right, to a retailer yeah. who isn't looking for new products. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so that being said, uh, there's been probably more just managing accounts right now okay and more day-to-day yep. -day operations working with our operations team and productions team to make sure that orders are filled out and that type of thing yeah would uh would you say that more you you do more of them reaching out to you if there's a problem or something like that that you take care of or do you do some you just check in and make sure that things are are going well with ongoing customers and that that kind of thing yeah, a bit of both. Okay. Um, obviously, I hear about it when there's a problem. Right, yeah. And then we get to try and fix it, which is lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, but but then other than that, it's, it's staying in touch. It's, you know, keeping an eye. Have, if I notice that we haven't gotten an order recently, then, you know, calling them up, emailing oh, yeah. them, yep. saying, hey, what's up? Can we, uh, can we be expecting something soon or... Is there mm -hmm. anything that we can do for you? That type of thing. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. It's great. Um, before we get into your little deeper into your um, specific work and the things that you're involved in, I like hearing from my guests if they have uh, hobbies or interests outside of work. So is there anything you'd like to share? Yeah, so I'm doing my MBA right now yeah. as well um, on top of working. So I don't have a ton of time for, for hobbies, I find, between... Um, school and work and yeah. family and trying to make sure that everything takes care of and you know the odd time hanging out with friends or hopping on a podcast um <laughs> so i don't have a ton of time for hobbies right now but i i, I love sports mm -hmm. um pretty much any sports but particularly baseball uh, i enjoy reading and that's something mm -hmm. i still can do just because of audiobooks right and that yeah type of things i really enjoy on your reading. commute is that when you yeah yeah it's handy um i usually read listen to them a little faster than the than the speed so i can get through them a little quicker which is which is fun nice what's your speed with uh with the audio app that i use i'm usually at 1.4 okay. oh so you well you can break it down to one like yeah, that yeah that's handy well. yeah. Uh, if you nice. get if you get too much or for me anyway if i get too much higher than that i'm not retaining anything so. okay <laughs> So you found that maximum point where yeah. you can get the most out and of it. And I also find that it depends on the book. Some some people read quicker than others. Oh, yeah, that so makes I sense. So I will have yeah. to adjust it. Yeah, so it depends on the reader maybe yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
that makes sense. And then I also, I enjoy cooking. Oh, yeah. A couple weeks ago, or a couple years ago, sorry, I started smoking some meat. Mm, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, but I haven't I haven't really kept up with it. Okay. So it's the type of thing that it takes a lot of time. Okay. It's basically your entire Saturday, and I just have a homemade little smoker. So. Okay. Just in your backyard? or Yeah. yeah. It's, it's called an ugly drum smoker. Okay. And that's an accurate name oh it looks like an ugly drum so ainsley doesn't love having it just sit on the (laughs) deck so so it's tucked away right now Uh, but that's something when i have more time uh i'd like to get back into that a little bit yeah nice you gotta have me over for some smoked meat sometime when you when you're doing that oh that's great um just on your um your mba so you're doing part-time schooling for more business classes and that kind of thing or yeah that's correct so part part part-time uh, schooling MBA is Master's of Business Administration. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking two classes per semester. Okay. Um, through the summer, the whole way through for three, three. and a third years. Okay. And I just finished my first year, so nice. I'm a third of the way done. Just yeah. Feels good. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, is it to help you in your current job, or are you thinking of opportunities beyond what you're doing right now with it? Or so. I would say it's a couple different reasons, but one is definitely to to help me with my current job, mm-hmm. um, to improve my knowledge base there, uh, to bring that back to Martin's. And that's something I've enjoyed over my undergrad in that I can learn something one day and take it into work the next. Right, because so you're working while you're in, while you're doing right. the studying. So yeah. I'm finding that I'm I'm. Uh, retaining a lot more and just okay. and, and i can filter out what's useful and what isn't a right. lot easier too yeah and the other thing that i find with the master's program rather than when i was an undergrad is that if a prof says something i have something to base that off of now so if they say something I'm like uh you know that's really nice in theory but not sure it actually works that way in the real world yeah. whereas an undergrad <laughs> as a you know late teen yeah if a prof says something well it must be true type of thing so yeah so yeah. it's fun to kind of be able to yeah just filter that out a little bit more as well yeah it's good have you uh have you had to become more efficient as a student as well since you're doing it part-time while working full-time than when you were in undergrad or <laughs> well we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> okay. my undergrad and my personal story but uh gotcha. yeah. yeah for sure it's i mean it's night and day um the the online piece is a it's another another fun aspect yeah. of it that yeah. I'm sure you're you're dealing with and I heard one of your other podcasts as well talking with a professor about that and yeah so is that a, is that the way it's going to be for you this yeah this fall yeah yeah so yeah. this fall and I mean I I'd be surprised if it changes for the winter yeah well. that's what so, I'm thinking too yeah so part of that's nice I can be home with family yeah. for those extra two nights um, but the actual learning experience just it's not the same exactly yeah yeah well this is a maybe a good time to to dive a little bit into um your story and i'm i'm interested in in uh, hearing what you what you have to share about what uh what got you to where you are now so i guess my my first question is here was it always your plan to work at martin so family business um we both kind of grew up with with our dads being heavily involved and um and you've continued working in it for at least most of your your career and um and i worked there for a couple years full-time before doing other things so i'm curious was uh what's what's been your plan with with working with martins with how it's worked out 
Yeah, so I saw this question, and I, it made me think through the whole thing. I don't think it was necessarily always my plan to work at Martin's, but I didn't necessarily have another plan either. Um, I would say, I think I worked at Market ever since I was at St. Jacob's Farmer's Market, mm-hmm. ever since I was a kid. And there's parts that I liked. I enjoyed uh, the interactions with customers. I enjoyed, um, yeah, just working with people like you um, yeah we, we had a lot of fun and looking back there's a lot of a lot of good memories there's also a lot of parts i didn't like about it mm-hmm. and at the time martin's was was an apple packer and that was pretty much it right. apple, apple grower much. and packer right um much so product, so as yeah. far as looking at opportunities i wasn't sure what i saw uh there but mm-hmm. i also didn't know what else i mean i so i had thoughts of becoming a teacher okay um remember at one point i was looking into like journalism that okay, type of yeah. thing pretty happy i didn't <laughs> didn't get into that the way the way uh yeah that industry is it's hard to get jobs there yeah it's, you're not but, getting any more either yeah and then um always had sports in the back of my mind mm-hmm. as well but uh didn't really know didn't really have a plan at all um and then after high school uh, an opportunity came up to go to university of guelph for agriculture business mm-hmm. uh so i took it but again so my thought was yeah potentially martin's um but i don't really know this is just it seems like it should be the next step and so okay. i did it yep. uh, i wasn't the most motivated student okay uh, i would say i picked up some pretty bad habits in high school i was smart enough to get by without with minimal amount of work right yeah and you can do that in high school if you're smart enough and you can still pull pretty good grades and i right. did so i maintained some of those bad habits in undergrad uh and so second year of university i don't remember if it was the fall or winter semester but i failed three of five classes oh really yeah so i don't uh, think i knew that yeah so i so i even like so i even failed in passing classes Oh, yeah, well. 40%. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was, a, I would say, one of the lower points in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, it was, uh, it was really good in the fact that uh, it was definitely a personal failure of mine. And I'm of the mindset that personal failures can, can be good things. In, okay. I mean, you have to deal with the consequences of them. Um, and they always have consequences. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. but for me, it was, it was an opportunity to learn and grow from that. And so, so today, now I might have a couple unproductive days at work where I'm like, just not, not being as productive as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one way I could look at it is like, it's not a big deal right? Everyone's unproductive at times. Mm -hmm. Another way that I can look at it is, well, I know what happens if I do that too long as I've done that and I failed three of five classes. So if I keep doing that here, the same thing's going to happen in a different context. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to experience that in university helped me be able to yeah, learn and grow and become a better person and, and recognize. So these are some of my tendencies. Uh, I have to yeah. work really hard yeah. at, at not letting myself get to this point again. Um, right. So, so I, so looking back now, I would say that 
and not necessarily a good thing, but it was certainly a learning experience. Yeah. Uh, and that's... certainly something that, that shaped me. Uh, back then, I didn't necessarily think <laughs> yeah. think that. Did you consider stopping? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, but I had a few conversations with a few people, and, okay. and they encouraged me to... They, encouraged me that this isn't the end of the world yeah it's a you know it's a it's a stumbling block or of some yeah. sort and you you know you messed up but so you can either give up which would be even more or you can just pick yourself up and mm -hmm. try harder next time and actually change yeah and, and it, it doesn't happen overnight when when you have bad habits ingrained in you it takes a yeah. long time to to work through those uh, but but i graduated mm -hmm. and graduated with good enough marks that i'm now doing my mba so yeah that's so, uh so with that was that a a turning point in your university then as as far as like did you said it wasn't perfect after that but was there a change in in um how you approached classes and how hard you worked etc yeah for sure because yeah. I, I i had a new appreciation of what i needed to do to right. to pass and yeah. to to succeed so so it was definitely, it was a turning point. Um, that being said, some of the stuff that I was learning or going, yeah, the classes, I didn't, still didn't have a ton of interest in. Oh, so yeah. it was, when you don't have a ton of interest in something, it's really hard to pay attention for a three-hour lecture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a one-hour lecture. Right. So so I, I still sometimes struggled with some of that, mm -hmm. but it was... It, it just, it seemed like the right thing to do to kind of continue on that degree. I didn't know what else I would do. Oh, yeah. I didn't have something else that was really a burning passion of mine. So, like, well, let's, let's finish this up. Mm -hmm. And so I finished it up, went into Martin's. Uh, so I started there full time in 2012. Okay. That would have been right after graduating from yeah. university. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also the year that Martin's didn't have a crop. Oh yeah, the the frost year. Yeah, yeah. the frost yeah. year. So not a great time to start working at a <laughs> company full time. Um, the good news is that we were we were launching the Apple chips right around the same time, and so there was an opportunity for me in food safety to start developing some of the food safety programs in our Apple chip facility, okay. as well as doing some of the stuff here on here on the home farm, okay. the Apple farm yep. as well. Because uh, I had some experience with that. Um, had you been doing some summers or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd been doing the food safety here at um, at the apple packing facility for right. okay. for a little while. Yep. But the uh, processing side was a completely different animal. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned pretty quickly that I hate doing food safety. Okay. Uh, so I, I was not enjoying my my job. Um, I the actual. So the food safety certification that we have in Elmira, where we make our process or make our apple chips, mm -hmm. it's called BRC, and BRC is very strict and okay. lots of documentation right. and uh, very scientific, which I am not. Yeah. Um, and so, so I felt like I was fairly over my head, but I got some stuff put together. Anyway, long story short, uh, so I was doing that for about a year and a half, I believe. And then in 2014, we started started doing some juice. And so... In that same facility? In the same facility. Yeah. 
So just with our expanding sales, uh, expanding products, there became there was an opening on the, in the sales. Oh, okay, yep. And so Kevin thought that I was kind of a natural fit there. I had some nice. experience just with the market and that mm -hmm. type of thing. Uh, so I moved into that and really started enjoying it. I enjoyed selling juice into craft cideries. So I'd mm -hmm. go out, visit people, and and saw some like good success pretty pretty early on. I was like, nice. oh, I, I enjoy this, yeah. but wasn't necessarily passionate about it. Uh, part of the reason for that was I still had sports. I always had baseball in in my mind of this is something I I want to do like. Doing it, getting a job in, yeah, in baseball, or something like that. Were you still thinking journalist at this point? No, or? No, no. Okay. So I was thinking like front office management know, of some operations kind. type yeah. thing. Yeah. So in twenty, I have to think, I think it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Um, I actually put together a bunch of um, little portfolio things for twenty different teams. Uh, MLB teams. Okay. Yep. And with just kind of like, so this is my assessment of what I see from the organization and the outside. And uh -huh. these are some acquisitions I'd make or, or that type of thing for the off season. And I sent it out to 20 different okay. baseball teams and like basically looking uh, on the internet for someone that seemed like they might be the right title and addressing it to okay. them yep. and, you know, careering it off. Looking back now, I'm sure they were terrible. But <laughs> did uh, you like do a bunch of research to? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, you very were much so. Yeah, yeah, um, and like I took an online stats course thing. Oh, okay, and yeah, to try and learn some some of that stuff. And... Were you into like the whole new? Um, I, I mean, it's maybe not super new anymore, but all the new s stats that are used and sabermetrics or whatever it's called. And were you yeah, into yeah. all of that stuff? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so there's a. It's so. Like baseball's really turned into like there's so much math, there's yeah, so much math and statistics involved. So half of it, I like is oh, it's over my head. Okay, but yeah. I I love the concept of it, of tweaking tiny little things and starting to see some results and taking like finding an advantage anywhere that you can and kind of rethinking an entire um, tradition of game. Uh, and you're seeing yeah. it across sports. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So so some of that, but I'm sure what I sent was very um amateur to, to right. what they'd well, be normally seeing you're competing with like baseball fans that have done whole degrees in in economics and then bring that to a to a baseball team and like so i mean you had you had your university and then you'd done a statistics course online so yeah. probably some tough competition i did a statistic course in university as well oh you did okay yeah, nice, yeah. i passed that with like a 51 i think it was <laughs> nice <laughs> pretty sure that was in that same semester that was not a good semester <laughs> um but so uh i actually heard back from a couple teams nice. yeah um surprisingly enough had a like a 45 minute phone interview with nice. the blue jays well wow. and uh got to a second round thing with uh who was it? I think the Texas Rangers. Okay. Heard back from a few others as well. Basically, they, they said, so clearly, like, you have a passion and clearly you have, you have some knowledge, you know, you know, you know your stuff, mm -hmm. but you have no experience. Right. And so, so they said, well, you're going to have to um, probably start in the minor leagues, travel around lots of different 
um, lots of different teams. You're probably talking about like 14 hour days, six or seven days a week, um, for very little pay. Okay. Yeah. And so I, so I was interested enough to start, uh, so I did some volunteer work with, uh, Kitchener Panthers. That's a local baseball, like a local baseball, baseball like a men's, men's baseball team. They play in the, uh, IBL league and inter-county baseball league. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, so volunteered with them for, for, uh, about a half season. Okay. And at the time I was, I was dating Ainsley, who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I realized that this is the two worlds that I'm looking at getting, you know, getting engaged, getting married. Right. And working in professional sports with potentially tons of travel, right. not being home much that time. They don't really collide. They don't, they don't work well together. Yeah. That's right. They do collide. They don't, work <laughs> they don't well mesh together. well. Yeah. They don't mesh well. Um, so, so I had to make a decision and I was like, well, and, and I'm not saying you can't do it. There are people that do it. And I, I applaud them that, but it also seems very difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so I was like, well, you know what? I'm not sure that this is for me. So I, so I quit with, uh, Panthers. Um, and I took a good hard look like, okay, well, what now? But I answered, what was important for me there is I answered the, what if, uh, I answered the, what if question of baseball, which is really important for me to get that out of my head. Uh, yeah. cause I, cause then I, I knew, I, I don't know, but I'm fairly confident that I could have gotten a job mm-hmm. somewhere at some point and moved, moved throughout and become something in an organization. Right. Uh, I believe that to be true based on some of the feedback I got. However, I chose not to, I didn't want that. I didn't yeah. want that life. So, so that was really important to me. You're, you're saying that you had, you didn't have to wonder anymore. What if you had done that? Right. Yeah. Like I, I think I could have done it, yeah. but I actually didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, so then I'm back to, well, uh, I'm, I'm working my job that I, I enjoy, but not necessarily passionate about. Uh, and so then I started like, what is it about baseball or sports in general that I really enjoy? Mm-hmm. And so I, I started looking at that and it was, it was more assembling the team. So it was, uh, so obviously I enjoy the actual sport, but I also, but what I was really interested in was the front office part, right? So mm-hmm. assembling the team, finding the parts that go together to create this thing that eventually becomes a success. Yeah. Right. And there's lots of different ways to do it. And every different team is trying to do their own way to do this. And like, well, a lot of that can actually be translated into business. Okay. It's, yeah. it's a, it's similar concepts. You're trying to create a team of people and you're trying to fill different needs and, <laughs> and gaps. And you might see that you're, you're not very good in this area. And so you need to try and try and acquire someone that will help you out with that. And yep. it's, it's building a team towards success. Like when, when I kind of was able to, when that kind of clicked in my mind, yeah. then then it was night and day. Okay. Like I started being very excited about work nice. uh, and, and love, love my job. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed working for Martins. Partly I enjoy working with the people that I work with nice. um, family. I get along with family uh, and just have a really good team of people there. Mm-hmm. So I've, al- I've always enjoyed that. And now yeah, I love it. It's, it's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, 
was that answering your question on like some of the significant steps or do you have other things like uh, the current position you're in right now as as far as what's um, gotten you into that? Yeah, so that that answers most of that, I think. Yeah. Um, and then so since then, it's been it's kind of been continually evolving. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so at the time I was basically doing juice. Right. Yeah. And then I started. So that was that was with. A lot of craft cideries, like I mentioned. Um, I did a little bit of retail, but not a whole lot. Okay. Then when in 2017, we got into fresh cut. So slices and dices for bakery. And so I, so that was my baby. I started okay. doing, doing a lot of that. And kind of all throughout, I was doing some apple chips, a little bit of apple okay. chips yep. as well. But, but over the past year, year and a half, been doing a lot more of that uh okay and so i've really taken that under my under my belt as well and, nice and focusing on that so you're still doing all you said you're doing all three still at this point the the chips the slices and the uh juice correct yeah and so i guess the fourth one that i haven't mentioned is uh a new product called saladitions which is a healthy salad topper okay uh so that one is just recently launched um but it's kind of part of my portfolio as well okay nice no very good um so yeah maybe maybe um you have a few more things on how you've changed and developed i don't know but you can also talk about um some of the specifics of your sales role so what are the some of the the things that that you have to do um in order to do your job well so it depends a little bit on um, on which aspect of it. So with with juice and with slices, there's a um, so that's customer visits, interactions, okay. that type of thing. So for those those products, they need what we have. Uh, right. They can't make hard cider without apple juice. They can't make an apple pie without apples. Right. So they so they need what we have. So then it's a matter, it's often a matter of price. Oh, yeah. I was listening to a book recently, an um, autobiography by Joe Ricketts, who is the founder of Ameritrade. Okay. And he said something, I can't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect of uh, customers want what they know and have a comfort level for a cheaper price. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, so for that... Uh, and and I would find that's very much true for for those commodity based products. Okay. Um, an apple pie maker doesn't care what the apples are. They do to an extent, okay. right? So quality is certainly important. Yeah. Um, so quality is important, but but if quality is important, uh, if quality and price are pretty much the same between you know me and the next guy, they're gonna buy from the person that they like that they like working with. Okay. Yep. Right. They're going to buy from the person that um, will go the extra mile. We'll always pick up the phone. We'll always help them out if they're having some some troubles here or, or whatnot. So so that's kind of my approach there. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of relationship building basically. Yeah. You want to you want to get to the point where where they trust you and that you know their business and you know what they need uh, yeah. and so you're kind of advocating for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. So that's a that's a big part of uh, of my role is just becoming friends with the customers, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you almost like 
get do you almost like attempt to become one of their team like that's almost what what it may what like or that you're on the same team or something like that is is what i almost sounded like you're saying to a point i mean so my allegiance always has to be to martin's Um, yeah yeah but but it's it's great because the more i can learn about their business the more i can help them yeah Uh, the more i can the more i can figure out you know what this by changing this or we can help you become more efficient in in doing this different thing we can help you in these different ways and so i'm able to help their business uh while also still helping martin's business right yeah and so trying to find things other than just price to to kind of set us mm-hmm. apart. Price is very easy, but that's also something that changes very quickly. Okay. And so if I'm lower than the other guy, well, what's going to happen if if he's lower than me then? Um, so if if your relationship is solely based on price, that's tough. Yeah. Because then you're just constantly trying to undercut each other. Right. So if you can try and get your relationship built on something much more than just price, then, then you have something. Um, one of our one of our core values is partnership. Mm-hmm. And then we have partners. We have people that we're trying to get them to succeed. Uh, we want their business to succeed because the better their business is, the better our business is. Right. So you're thinking of when you when you think of partnership, there you're thinking of the customer as as a partner. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, because we need them in our business, right? And yeah. they need us in their business. Yeah. So there is a partnership there. Yeah, that's great. So is it, you, you were mentioning the slices and the, the juice there, is is chips different? Chips is a little bit different um, in the sense that, so a customer doesn't necessarily need our apple chips. Okay, yeah. Um, it's, an, it's an added item for them. It's an incremental sale, so it's something on top of it. So it's, it's a good item for them to have. Right. It's, but... A grocery store doesn't need chips. They don't need what they need is milk. What they need is oh yeah um, butter. They need produce, that type of thing. Yeah. They don't necessarily need apple chips because people generally aren't going into the store just to buy apple chips. Right. Um, yeah. Some people do, hopefully, yeah. and and that's great. But that's just an added thing. You know, they're yeah. walking down the aisle like, oh, apple chips, I'm going to pick these up. Um, or it becomes uh, it becomes something throughout their process that, that they buy every other week or whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it is different because they don't necessarily need our product. And a new, particularly a new customer, you have to convince them why they should list our apple chips versus somebody else's product. Because usually something is getting replaced if you're yeah. if you're coming. Oftentimes in, yeah. something's being replaced. Not always. Sometimes they find room, yeah. but they you don't typically don't walk through a grocery store and see lots of empty shelves no, waiting no. for new products, right. Right? right? So so there's constantly there's constantly turnover, but there's also constantly new products coming into the market. Yeah, and yeah. so so it is different in the sense of you need to try and convince or show the retailer why my product is is better and will be better for them than maybe our maybe the um the competitors yeah so how do you how do you convince a customer of that or kind of what's your approach in in uh in selling them yeah so part of that is knowing the end consumer knowing what the end consumer wants so keeping keeping up to date with trends Mm -hmm. right now i mean healthy eating is a is a big trend it's something that's 
that's really shifted. So more and more retailers are looking for healthy foods. Okay. Uh, which, which is great for us. We're a healthy food company. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a big part of it is knowing what the end consumer wants and, and also knowing the customer or the retailer, whoever you're dealing with, knowing them, understanding their business and understanding how actually understanding how, how our product is going to help them. Um, because if, if all I'm, if I go into a meeting, all I'm thinking about is, man, is be nice for a sale for me because then, um, you know, that's really good, really good for us. Probably not going to get the sale okay? because the retailer yeah. wants to know how this is good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, it should be good for both of us. Right. But if I can't convince a retailer of why this is good for them, then they're not going to be interested yeah. because they're, they have, they have other options. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Is, uh, is maintaining a relationship with, a with a chip customer, does that look different than, than the commodities you talked about with, with, um, juice and slices? A little bit in the sense that with juice and slices, I'm often dealing with somewhat smaller companies, smaller businesses. Sometimes some of the retailers that, that we were, that we deal with or contact or whatever are huge. Yeah. So they're massive corporations. So, but for, so part of me enjoys the working with some slice or juice customers just because you're able to have a bit more personal. Okay. So I can go there. I can bring them coffee and donuts. I can take them out for lunch. Yeah. Um, and get to know them, learn about their families. <laughs> Whereas a massive retailer, you're not able to do that. You're right. not able to, you're definitely not able to give them anything uh, or buy them anything. Yeah. Uh, because that gets construed as bribery. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have to be very, very careful with that. So you can still build a relationship for sure. Uh, and that, but a lot of it, it takes a lot more time to, okay. to yeah. actually, to, to get some of those. Are you doing, are you building a relationship with just a buyer then? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. And then if the buyer changes, then, yeah, <laughs> then, uh, it's trying to get to know someone else. Where... Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to say on the specifics of your sales role? So one thing I would say that I, in the past, haven't done a great job of, uh, and, and still learning, I guess. So when you, this is a bit of a tangent. Sure. Yeah. When you talked to me first about being on the podcast, I was like, everyday expertise, that's expertise is a tough word because I, (laughs) I do not feel like, like I'm an expert at all. Right. Uh, And I'm sure I'm, you know, there's probably some salespeople that, might listen to this and be like, oh, you know what? I'm not sure about that level, which that's great. Contact me after. And I'd love to learn more. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I hope I listen to this in 10 years. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I don't yeah. know about that. Um, but, but I do like the idea of, um, kind of just talking through some of my stuff, uh, as far as what I've learned mm-hmm. over the years, which is why I agreed to do it. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing it. Um, so the one thing that I haven't done a great job of trying to, trying to get better at is kind of completing the sales process or working through it the entire time. So what I mean by that is that making the sale is, that's not the end. Okay. Um, that's, that's the start of a different process. So I can sell, I can sell Apple chips to a major retailer Mm -hmm. and that's great. Uh, so I made that initial sale. But how are we going to make sure that it's successful throughout? Yeah. What are we going to do to make sure that that consumers are actually going to see the product and buy it 
and want to buy it. Yeah. So that's something that I've had to learn in that you can't just uh, can't just go for the purchase order and then you know walk away. Um, send them a message three months later saying you know oh how'd that do? You have okay. to you have to set up a, a good process to try and make uh -huh. sure that it's successful throughout throughout the entire time. Mm -hmm. So you get it in. That's the first step, but that's not it. Then you need to try and figure out, well, how are we going to make sure that consumers see this? Uh, whether that's trying to make sure that it's not on the bottom shelf somewhere, uh, okay. getting yeah. it a little bit closer to eye level, uh, whether that's throwing uh, throwing some money into to advertisements or, okay. or sampling programs or, um, yeah, just all sorts of things. How are we going to make sure that it's successful once it's in the, yeah. in the store? And that, so that's something that I feel like I'm learning right now and trying to do a better job of that I haven't always done in the past because that's very different from, from, uh, slices and juice. Right. Uh, yeah. Because again, they, they need the product. Yeah. So they're going to come after me for, for another order. Yep. Whereas if it doesn't work well in, you know, Joe Blow retailer, then, yeah, then they'll try something else. Right. Yeah. So will you do... So I was just, I was fascinated by the, the idea of, um, like, is the product at a, at a good place in the store and that kind of thing. Will you, like, talk with retailers about where they're placing your product and that kind of thing? or? Yeah, so I I was always under the impression that that's a no-no. And okay. uh, recently yeah. I I had someone suggest to me, like, so we we uh, we just launched in in about 200 uh, convenience stores in Southern California. Okay. Uh, with the chips as a test test pilot to potentially they're doing move this into as a, a move into a greater region, larger. Okay, thing. so they might so, do more stores if if it works right. well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's something you want to work well. Yeah, for sure. And so so I asked them if they could send me a picture of kind of the it's us and a bunch of other products of kind of their their setup. How is this gonna How is this gonna look? And so they did, and we're like smack dab right in the right on the bottom. Oh, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that sucks. Like that's just. But I was like, well, I guess that's just the cards that we're given, and we're gonna just deal deal with that the way right. it comes. And so someone suggested, oh, well, why don't you contact them and see if you can get them bumped up? So I was like, okay. And this was like like less than a week before they were actually supposed to be launched. Okay. So yeah. they had the product. They weren't setting up the displays yet, but they like they had all the product. I figured everything's done. Uh, he got back to me the next day and was like, "Yep, so okay, so we we moved you up to we moved you up oh, the nice. shelf." I was like, "Well, cool. I didn't know that we could do that." So, uh, so that's gonna be a new, new trick in my back pocket. Yeah, no, that's um, great. But yeah, so I, it's things like that in, that I I didn't necessarily put put the thought into before of like. So where are these actually located? Because if they're if they're located in the back corner and the bottom shelf, well, of course you're not going to sell any. Yeah, nobody yeah. sees them. Yep. Um, there's a reason that they put they put milk and stuff back there because you have to walk past everything else to yeah. get that. <laughs> the thing that people are going to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is this is maybe a little bit unrelated, but I was I was surprised by um, this a few days ago. I was in Dollarama. So I was there when a some chip company was bringing in a delivery of chips. So I mean they don't have a huge display at Dollarama, but um, they the guy actually himself was stocking the shelf, like he didn't just dump off the the boxes and let them do it. They 
he came and did it himself. Is that typical that, that chip companies will do that? Or? So Frito-Lay does that. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah. yeah. So they do that. They do all their own merchandising. Okay. Um, yeah. And there's there's some other companies that do it as well. If you get to a certain size, then you can... Okay, so that's... Yeah, that makes control sense. control that. Yeah. Um, so we... But overall, I mean, so we obviously don't have the size manpower to be able to do that but, right yeah. but yeah they would they stock all their own shelves okay and it's yeah. a way that they can make sure that everything's always on the shelf yeah well when you were when you were talking about that i'm like oh that's that's probably why they do it uh, they can kind of can have better control of how it looks and have do they i don't know if they i wonder if they consistently like will put their flavors in the same order or something. I have no idea if they do that, but they could control that kind of thing too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, so everything there would be what's called planogrammed. Okay. So every, every spot, every, every item is in a spot for a reason. So okay. they all, they have all the information. And so there's a reason that the chips are in the spots that they are and that type of thing. So kind of some of that, like we were talking about with baseball with just a little bit of an edge and yeah. those things make a difference, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um, you can say more specifics if it comes up um, as, as we're going along here, but uh, are there things that you specifically really enjoy about your job or your role in sales? Yeah, so just some of the stuff that I've talked about as far as just customer interaction, um, meeting new people, learning about new businesses. I really enjoy that. I think that's, yeah. I think it's always fascinating to learn about someone's business because it's something that typically they're really passionate about mm -hmm. and there's a reason that they're in this business. So so I, I, I really enjoy that. It's it's great fun. And then try also just the th thinking through our own sales process how do we how do we do this better how do we get into how can we make this product su successful okay. um, how do we get into more retailers how do we make sure that it's successful when it is in those retailers so i, I really enjoy that part as nice. well nice yeah that's great is there anything you don't like uh I like dealing with angry customers yeah so if there's you know if, if something went went wrong on our end uh, the, say the quality wasn't quite there, mm -hmm. or if there was a, you know, a mistake, we shipped the wrong product or something like that. Like, that's never fun to deal with. It's right. never fun to, to try and figure out some of that stuff. Um, I don't necessarily love conflict. Okay. And yep. I don't necessarily love people being upset with me. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so I, I don't, I don't love that aspect of it, but it's part of it. And, and I also find that if you, if you do it, or I've found, if you do it in the right way, then it can only help build your relationship okay. with that yeah. customer. Unless you're like constantly screwing up, then you're, <laughs> that's not going to help it. <laughs> well, there's but... maybe other issues then. If <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's always happening. Exactly. Um, are there ways? And, and I guess I also yes. don't like airports. Oh, like... okay fairly sick of airports so got you do you do a lot of traveling with your not right now no uh, I <laughs> obviously not <laughs> uh the, i've done more and more the last last couple of years okay so. so is that like going to shows to try to get new customers or yeah so yeah. some trade shows um kind of throughout canada u.s okay and then other like so going down for like a day or two days to present a product mm -hmm. to a new retailer in in person Yes, there's there is still something about the in person meeting where you can see someone face to face and have a handshake. 
prior to COVID that <laughs> yeah. type of thing where, where it does, it does help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I remember when I was probably like upper teens, I would go to airports and thought that would be just the life seeing those yeah. business people that were, uh, that were like, seem to be able to fly all the time, but it's not, not what it, not what I thought it was or. Uh, so, I mean, I get that a lot and that when people hear that you travel for work, it's yeah. like, Ooh, I think that's, that's really cool. Which, um, and so I, I enjoy the, the traveling piece, but I enjoy it because of the work that comes with it. Okay. Yeah. The, the actual travel is, yeah, like it gets long. It's, yeah. you're, it's very different than traveling for, for vacation yeah yeah because you basically just spend days in airports and hotels yeah That's yeah no, like i'm sure that makes a huge difference from what my experience has been <laughs> um do you have uh, any stories that uh, that give a little picture into your experience yeah so i saw this i i have some great traveling stories <laughs> yeah. um so there was one time i was going to boise idaho and I left, I left my house at, I think maybe, I think it was around 3.30 or something like that. In the in morning? The morning or, okay. In the yeah. morning. And the night, the day before, I was like, well, should I just get everything that I need from Martin's and then go straight to the airport? Or should I go to Martin's first and then go to the airport? I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll go to Martin's and then go to the airport from there. So anyway, so I'm on the road heading to the airport after being at Martin's to pick up my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like 4.30 in the morning. I'm on kind of like a 9 a.m. flight or something. Oh, like yeah. That. So I'm on the expressway, uh, right right where the uh, collectors and expressway uh, So it's still here, split. In, here in Kitchener. Yeah, I'm still yeah. in Kitchener. Uh, and I'm on the expressway side. And all of a sudden, this is the middle of the winter, but all of a sudden, like, we come to, like, stand still. We're not moving. At 4.30 in the 4:30 morning. 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> And so, like, people are out of their vehicles. Like, we're, like, uh, yeah, we're walking around the oh, highway. Oh, okay, yeah. And, accident like, 100 feet in front of us, there was an accident. Oh, yeah. And so the entire expressway part was closed. Gotcha. So, and it was that way for about an hour and a half. So I missed my flight to, oh, no. to Boise, Idaho. And you, as you may imagine, there's not a ton of flights from Toronto to Boise, Idaho. Right, yeah. So... Yeah, anyway, I was lucky enough to be able to get one in. I ended up getting to Boise like I think maybe around one AM in the morning. Oh, okay, there. like the next day. So and lucky enough I I was I scheduled enough time ahead of my meeting to be able to to have some bad things happen. Okay. So you still made it. Yeah. Um nice. another time I was in uh, me and a colleague drove down to Cincinnati. For a meeting with a major retailer there we got in the night before uh and then that morning our meeting was i don't know 11 o'clock something like that and so we were we went visited a couple stores in the morning and then we were going to go to the meeting so this was the uh as a home opener of the cincinnati reds oh okay so it's like yeah. early april yeah and home opener opening day in cincinnati is a huge deal Oh, okay. Massive deal. And this, this customer is like right downtown, like, like minutes from the ballpark. Mm-hmm. So, so we, uh, we're circling. We got to the meeting probably half hour, 45 minutes 
in advance and we're circling and circling and circling trying to find parking oh. could not find it anywhere <laughs> this was in the morning yeah was it an afternoon game yeah or? oh okay there's yeah. like parades and stuff oh i see yeah so uh so like it was my meeting so my colleague uh dropped me off he's like oh okay so i'll like i'll go park somewhere and and walk back and yeah probably join you a couple minutes late or whatever so anyway got in got got up to the meeting start the meeting they're like was there supposed to be two of you and the gas my colleague will probably be a bit late <laughs> anyway so we can we we finish the meeting like an hour-long meeting and we uh so i get down into the the lobby again right and my colleague is just walking oh, no. so he he drove down the eight hours or whatever to cincinnati to be my chauffeur basically <laughs> so i felt really bad for him it was like a good 45 minute walk to our vehicle oh, wow. so he drove way off driven way off found his spot and then yeah walked back 45 walked minutes all the way oh, back no. and then had to go back to the car um <laughs> and then yeah then then there's some we're just uh it's going from vegas to vancouver we had a Costco event in Vancouver okay. early, I think maybe 8 a.m. in the morning. And we were leaving Vegas. There was some weather stuff, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so so our initial flight wasn't working out. So eventually we switched our flight to go from Vancouver, uh, sorry, Vegas to Seattle to Vancouver. Okay. So that flight also got delayed and delayed and delayed. And eventually we got into... Um, we got into Seattle about 10 minutes before our flight to Vancouver oh. was going to go. And this is like at 11 o'clock at night or something oh, like well. that. So uh, we missed our flight. Um, oh, you couldn't make it in 10 minutes? To could the... not make no. it. So we, uh, so we ended up renting a car. We ended up getting into Vancouver at like 4 in the morning or oh, something wow. like that. And then had the Costco event at 8 a.m. <laughs> Like and that's happened to me multiple times where I've had to drive like a couple hours in the middle of the night to because you missed a flight or something. Missed like a that. flight or or went to. There's another time I was I was in Virginia and like the airport was shut down. They were having some crazy, crazy storms and oh, wow. winds okay. and that type of thing. And I just wanted to get home. I was just but so my flight that night was not going to happen. Okay, it really looked like there were going to be no flights the next day as well. So I rented a car. This is again at I think probably 11 p.m. at night, oh. and uh, drove to Washington D.C. Rented a hotel for a couple hours, and then uh, caught Flew a flight. There, okay. So, so a couple of those that uh, it's just yeah. Yeah, that that that's definitely uh, taking away any desire that I have to to <laughs> yeah. travel for for part of the job. So, yeah, wow, that, that adds a lot of stress to it. Yeah, well, a lot of stress, a lot of boredom too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're just sitting there, and it's. I think it's harder with family at home. Yeah, you know that you being gone is making, uh, making things a little harder on your wife. And so right. then, yeah. So that adds yeah. to it. But but that being said, I I also love the work that comes with traveling. Like I enjoy meeting new people and mm -hmm. and trying to get new business and that type of thing. So nice. Yeah, so it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, anything more that you wanted to say on your role before we look at some of the um, things that a salesperson needs? Uh, 
nothing that nothing that jumps out. All right. So, what are some of what would you say are some of the important skills or traits that are necessary to be a, in sales? Um, that's a good question. So, being being able to deal with rejection, if you if you don't like hearing the word no or like being rejected, right? It's probably not the not the career for you. Okay. There's there's yeah. a lot of no's. Okay. So if you're only going after sure things, then yeah, it's you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunities. But you have to get through all those other ones to to find the diamonds in the rough type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, persistence. So particularly when you're dealing with these massive corporations, they mm -hmm. like you aren't their topmost priority. Uh, okay. So so trying to to make sure that you're you're contacting them enough that they remember you, but not so much that you're uh, being an annoyance to them. Right. So you got to find a balance. Yeah. Balance there. Yeah. I think it helps to be competitive. Uh, if, if you have a bit of a competitive okay. streak to you, then yeah. or at least that's how I find I'm a fairly competitive guy. Uh, and I think that helps as a sales, um, in a sales role. Uh, just you, it's, it's a bit of a, you're driving you're looking for targets you're trying to you're trying to meet mm -hmm. your targets and that type of thing and um so so you need to be a little bit self-driven and a little bit competitive yeah um and then all the thing that i've i've had to learn is dealing with cold streaks because uh, you you're you're gonna go through somewhere like you're you're contacting people and you're just getting nothing okay like, um but so so then you have the kind of the option to either um, kind of give up a little bit and say, well, like, nothing's happening. So, so I'm not going to contact as much, many people right now or, okay. yeah. or like increase it. So contact uh, more yeah. people and kind of work through your thing. And that, that's a bit of another sports reference in that. Yeah. Uh, so athletes often will go through cold streaks, right? Like just nothing's, nothing right is happening. Um, but it's the athletes that can try and limit those as much as possible and kind of work through them mm -hmm. and keep them as short as possible. Well, those are the ones that are going to be really successful. Yeah. Um, it's, so, yeah. And it was, it was great hearing those things, like how they all, all connect together. So if you're, I mean, if you're competitive, that's going to probably cause you to be more persistent and, and keep trying at, at something in, in order to limit the, the cold streaks. So as far as persistence, will you, keep going back to someone if they've said no or is that is that not part of what you mean by persistence yeah if someone says no like just outright yeah i'll usually try and get an idea of when would be a good time to re-engage when would be a good time to usually okay. if there's a if they're saying no there's often there's often a reason okay right yeah. sometimes might just it's not the right time yeah uh so okay well that that's fair when is the right time uh, I think it's more, honestly, sometimes when you hear a no, that's almost a, it's almost a positive because you can, it means that they're engaged. Right. right? It's, it's better so, than not hearing back at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are the ones yeah. that's, that's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, particularly when like what happens sometimes you make a connection at a trade show mm -hmm. and you think it's a really good connection. You had a really good conversation. They're interested in seeing more of the product they want samples they want to talk pricing and that type of thing yeah all this at the trade show and then you get back into the office and like crickets you hear oh, yeah. nothing and you contact them and contact them mm. and contact mm -hmm. them and contact them and you just don't hear anything so th those are the ones that are frustrating yeah that makes sense yeah um so 
Is it also part of, and you've talked about this, I think, a few times, of st- staying with customers that you have? Is that part of persistence um, as well, like keeping that relationship and um, continuing with the, the sales and that kind of thing? For sure. And and I think it, as time progresses, sometimes if you've been dealing with a, with a customer for a long time and you kind of, you almost have a comfort level and you, you sometimes forget to put in the the work and making sure that that you're up to date and that type of thing uh so that's something i think particularly as i've had more and more on my plate that that some of that has like i'm not on the road to visit juice people as much because i i don't have as much time as i did did in the early days uh but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen so it might mean that it happens a wee bit less but i should still be getting out there you know a few times a year type of thing and, and that type of thing so how do you how do you keep track of all all your ongoing customers or who you've who you've contacted but haven't there's maybe interest and they haven't made it you haven't made a sale yet or like how do you keep all that organized and keep track of it all so in their early days it was like just a lot in the head yeah. and it it worked that way because there's you know somewhat limited amount of people and then I right. try and remember like oh it's been like two months or whatever I should probably contact this person as I've had more and more people that are more and more customers under my umbrella I'm needing to start uh, just whether that's a spreadsheet um, where I'm you know putting in putting in notes where like okay I contacted this person on this day and Mm -hmm. I am planning on contacting them every three weeks or a month Mm -hmm. or, or whatnot that type of thing um, there's, there's sales softwares out there that will help, help do that. Oh for yeah. You. Yep. Um, do you use any of them or do you have you kind of developed We have in the own? past. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't loved it. Um, yep. it's a bit of a, bit of a joke at Martin's that we're paying for this thing that you know, don't necessarily like. Yeah. So, um, I just don't find it super intuitive for, for where we're at right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so so a while back, I developed my own little thing that works for me. Nice. Uh, Just on a spreadsheet? Yeah. Like yourself? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So so it, it might be a little bit more labor intensive than, yeah. than doing an automatic, but it, it helps me, right? It helps yeah. remind me of like, okay, these are the people I need to be reaching out to and that type of thing. So, Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, a number of years ago, I started keeping track of my personal finances on a spreadsheet and there's tons of like software for for personal finance and, and things like that. And I've tried a couple of them, but it's worked the best for me to try to develop my own. And and um, since I developed it, it, it uh, it's what I've used now for a few years. So. Well, and that's, that's the thing, right? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter if one thing's better than the other. If, if you're not actually using it properly, right. then, then yeah. it's not better than the other, yeah. right? So even yeah. if you're, if your own, what, whatever works for you in, and that, that goes across pretty much all industries you got to figure out what works for you yeah yeah that's for sure um so this next question how how do the the skills that are needed for for the the industry or the work that you're doing how does it differ from other ones um i i don't know how you took that question but i think what i was kind of thinking with it is would you be able to take your skills and go into another type of sales or is is what you're learning specific to um 
to apples and the products that you're selling. So how, what are some of the differences that you'd have to do if you'd go into another type of, of sales? I mean, so a lot of it is, I think is transferable. Okay. Yeah. In that it's the, it's the same process through the whole thing. You may need to, you'll need to learn about your product. You need to learn about right. your, your industry because as a salesperson, you should know more, you need to know more about your business than the customer knows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're, if you're switching into an industry or a business that you don't know much about, you need to learn that. Right. Because you're trying to sell someone on your business, on your product. Yeah. If you don't know your product, then, well, why would, why would someone want to buy from you? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I think a lot of it's transferable. Um, I was thinking about that a little bit. The one difference might be in the fact of, in some industries, you're like salespeople are doing a lot of quoting and stuff. Oh, yeah. Right. Whether so contractors and um, landscapers, that type of thing. Yeah. You're like, you're going to a job site, you're, you're talking, you're doing the sale, but you're also then like doing some of the quoting for it too. Right. You may have a team that's, that's doing part of that as well. But, but oftentimes, from what I understand, that could be wrong with this. The salesperson is also doing some of the quoting. Okay. And yep. so that, that's a new skill. That's yeah. something that um, that a lot of my pricing, I have to do a little bit of quoting, but it's not, I mean, it's it's mostly set pricing. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that pretty fixed for, yeah. for what you're working and then, with? And we can tweak it a little bit here okay. and there um, yeah. if, we're, if we're adding in extra, um, if, we, if we know other costs are going to be coming mm-hmm. in, then we're going to be adding a little bit or subtracting a little bit depending what what needs to happen but but overall it's more or less the same okay yeah yeah so do you do you think that that uh you could sell anything or or um is a as a salesperson are you kind of you've learned your your product and that's where you're comfortable yeah i've i've thought about that i've i've wondered that i think if um if i could just sell anything yeah i i think like really good salespeople can I think they can just do anything. Uh, I only have experience with one thing, so I can't say for certain that right. I that I could sell anything. Um, that being said, I I feel like I'm I'm learning about the process and learning through some of that, so I'm I'm getting more to the more to the uh, idea that yeah, I could I could I could sell a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. So there are things that carry across that are just part of selling. Yeah. That um, there's there's things along with it. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned this in the in what you were saying before about product, um, but yeah, maybe speak to this a little bit more. How important is your knowledge and experience with your product, and able to in order to be a good salesperson for for your product? Oh, I, I think it's huge. Yeah. I think you have to you have to know about your product. You have to have knowledge. You have to you have to be an expert in your product mm-hmm. um, because if you're not, it's going to be really hard for you to to fully communicate the benefits of that product for the, for the customer. Right, yeah. Um, you're not going to be able to really tell them why this is something that they need. Yeah. And so either they'll, tr- yeah, they'll try and find someone that does know more because yeah. the person that knows more about their product will be able to add more value to them. Yeah. Have you, has that been natural for you working in a family business or have you had to keep 
growing your knowledge and um, experience and and keep developing in your knowledge of the product you're selling so definitely always need to keep learning and Mm -hmm. and developing Um, and everything's a little bit different right so juice that was something that I didn't really know but I certainly and I still am very very um, very amateur in uh, as far as the the craft cider guys what they yeah. all, what they all do to the cider and i've had many conversations so i have a bit of an idea okay but um so i have a bit of an idea of what they're looking at for us but i i like i'm not a scientist I'm right a lot, and they're using a lot of those terms well i was gonna right? ask so, if, you, if you've learned like the chemistry of of so making like, cider and that kind of thing a little bit yeah. but not not a not not a ton yeah right but the reality is i it I know it would help me if I were able to okay. to pick up a little bit more of that, yeah. uh, and I, I can just provide more value for them, right? They sometimes they have questions of like, well, I added you know this yeast or whatever to the to the juice and it didn't react the same the way I was Uh-oh. wanting. And I'm like, well, sorry, I I got, I got nothing for you. Yeah. Um, so like I know about the, about our juice, I know that side of it, yeah. but as far as like their side of it, I far from right yeah farthest thing from an expert um but if i could learn a little bit more of that and i've tried uh, and and i've picked some of the stuff up um then it helps certainly helps right and slices and dices it's the same thing for for bakeries you you start learning about what they need and Mm -hmm. um and then how your product fits into that whole thing yeah well that's an interesting point you make because it's not just knowing your own product it's knowing how your customers are using your product and how it fits into their product and and um, that kind of thing so yeah i'm sure there's as, as you get different customers too there's probably different ways that that's gonna gonna change and and that you could could keep learning it so yeah have you um i mean you talked about some ways that that you could be um could have developed but has it ever happened where where um you've gotten burned or you've maybe had experience with other salespeople that are selling to you that, uh, that clearly didn't have knowledge of their product and it hurt them. Um, I don't do a lot of buying myself. Right. So, so not necessarily, but we, we have a lot of people that like, will just randomly contact us for, uh, for this or for that. And a lot of it's spam. Okay. But but trying to sell us different like different lists for a trade show, say. So oh, like we okay. can buy a list of attendees that are gonna be at this trade show. Okay. Um so this this is just a little example. But so I get I get hundreds of those emails. Okay. Um and they so Sorry, just just to clarify, yeah. they're they're guaranteeing that these people will stop at your booth or what do you mean by that? No, so they're just saying that these people have signed up to attend. And, oh, okay. and the idea, I guess, is that you get their contact information. Oh, so you can maybe make a connection yeah. with them if you know they're going to be there. You can't. And you'll probably just annoy them like crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the, the trade shows, all the trade shows this year got canceled. Yep. And well, we're still getting these things. We're still getting these uh, these people contacting us to try and sell us lists okay. of people that aren't going to this trade show that we also aren't going to (laughs) and they're they're saying how much that they've like they've lost because they've paid for the this and so they're going to sell us just for the discount and like you know you you don't understand the entire yeah you just don't you don't have a concept of 
of the industry and, right and that type of thing another one another one that we get a lot of recently is people sending us messages of how they can improve our website oh uh, yeah this or improve that by using you know so I, I looked through your website and I saw like this spelling error, or this or that or whatever. Oh, okay. And you could improve this or that. And I mean, that's not how you sell something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going directly to my spam folder. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I, I've thought about it with as far as a salesperson knowledge, maybe where I've run into it is going to a electronic store, especially like a big, big box store or something like that or a sports store where they sell a lot of different products often it, it'll be someone that probably hasn't been working that long and and you might know as much about the the product as what they do and so um i think that yeah well hopefully if they stick in it then they'll they'll learn more about the yeah. products they're selling but yeah no it's, it's just very very important it's true and so with that example i mean so when you have one of those conversations you don't feel necessarily super um uh, super excited about the purchase, right? You yeah, don't, you don't yeah. feel like you're getting a great deal, or like you you don't feel super encouraged about this whole thing yep. because you're like, well, like I knew as much as that person did. He wasn't able to add to my uh, confidence level here at all. Yeah. So, so you might still buy it, but you're not necessarily feeling the same. Whereas if you have a uh, interaction with someone who really knows that product then you can walk away being oh i feel really good about this yeah i remember um when we used to work at market um with your your dad as the as our boss um he would always train us to come to him with if we were asked something that we didn't know the answer to or um something like that and i I i've just thought about how that for me that taught me the um as i would come to him with questions i learned about the products we were selling and things, learn the answers to my questions, those questions more and more. But it also, the customer then was was getting Steve to to answer their question, or at least it was going through him. And so he that a, way, he had a bit more weight than uh, the thirteen yeah. year old Logan and Rollins. <laughs> yeah, no, but it. I mean, it's it was it was better than just us saying, uh, "I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Just buy it or whatever." So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. Do you have advice for those that are interested in getting into sales or think that sales might be a career for them? Uh, I was trying to think about this. Not really other than just get started. Yeah. Um, like sales is so broad. There's so many different ways you can get started. Uh, like retail. Retail yeah. is sales, right? So so when you start start anywhere, you can start small. But if you're doing a good job, that's the beauty of sales. If you're doing a good job in something, you can start moving on up. You can mm-hmm. start, you can start getting more, more responsibility. Uh, so if you're like going in, I want a job in sales, no sales experience, and you're expecting to like immediately be dealing with these massive companies and that type of thing and travel and all that, all the fun stuff that, yeah. that comes with it. Um, well maybe adjust your expectations start start small and work work your way up mm-hmm. um if you have no experience in it whatsoever um and i'm thinking more younger people here right um, yeah get a job at get a job canadian anywhere, tire right yeah because that's that's a start and you get it on your resume and you get it um and you you learn how to interact with people there's everybody everybody you talk to has had a bad interaction with a salesperson at some point 
where they just didn't feel heard or they were ignored or you go into um, a grocery store and you have questions and all you see are people like people talking with each other and not like looking for customers to help and that right, kind of yeah. thing, right? So everybody has a bad experience at some point. So so how do you practice giving good experiences to, to mm-hmm. consumers? Because yep. that's what will have people coming back. So if you're young and are like, oh, you know, sales sounds pretty cool, that's great. And that's awesome because you can you can start anywhere. Yeah. Really. No, that's yeah, and that's makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, like anything, it's it takes practice. So um, you got to get started somewhere. So yeah, yeah and good. so so another so I had a couple other things. Um, so no no sale is too small unless it's not profitable. Okay. Um, so so don't be don't be afraid to to start small again. Uh, and then also get comfortable with awkward conversations um, okay. because particularly, so for me, when I started, there's a lot of, and still now, but when I started, there's a lot of cold calling, which okay. is basically calling someone up out of the blue. And I don't particularly love talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite thing at all. I've something I've actually had to learn to, to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I just, so some of those cold calling, it's awkward right? You're trying to sell them something. They don't necessarily want to even talk to you. Right. And how do you like get past the awkwardness and like, and make it an interesting conversation for them? How can, yeah. how can you do that? So I guess get used to, just get used to yeah. it. Right. Ultimately, it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's awkward as long as you're uh, like still being respectful and still like being professional and that type of thing. Like, you just, how can you just feel awkward? So just, just get over that. Yeah. Is there, um, are there things that you've learned to say or ask that, that, uh, you do now in a cold call that, um, you hadn't, wouldn't have done at the beginning or anything like that. That's made it less awkward. Or, uh, are you just okay with, with that kind of yeah, thing more than you used to be? Yeah. I'm, I'm pro- probably just part of it is just comfort level. And so yeah. it's just, it's just a little bit easier. Um, but but try not to waste people's time, mm-hmm. right? Like not not coming across as the only thing you want to do is sell them something because that that's kind of oh, annoying. Yeah. That comes across as pushy. Um, so showing an interest in them, but uh, but again, it's it's kind of all comes down to trying to figure out what they need. And if you mm-hmm. figured out what they need, then you can communicate that to them and how you can help them. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. Anything else that you wanted to say on on uh, someone that's Get, wanting to get into sales? Uh, I think I think that pretty much covers it. All right. So this next question, I was thinking, I mean, you could be a buyer at a company, but we're all buyers of something if we go to stores or anything like that. So as a salesperson, do you have any advice for those that are um, looking to buy something or interacting with salespeople? So I, I took this question when I saw it. I took it a little bit differently. Okay. How'd you uh, take it? Well, I, I took it as like, so the buyers that I'm dealing with. Oh, got you. Yeah. Yep. Them. Yep. Fair. Um, and so for, so for that, I had, I had focus on partnership. One mm-hmm. of our values at Martin's is partnership. And I think too often on this is on both sides, sales and buying, uh, you're so focused on trying to win the deal, mm-hmm. right? That you forget that you're, um, you're working with another company and the best thing is if both parties win the deal Mm -hmm. right and so that that happens with 
with buyers as well they want the say the lowest some some buyers uh want the absolute lowest price and will just nickel and dime you down until you're basically not making any profit right and like well that that might be great for their for their one sale but if we're not making a profit then we're not going to be super excited about selling to them um and or if we if we do keep selling to them we're going to be out of business yeah so yeah so and then it's not a good long-term thing either right so trying to figure out what what it is that both parties need and how can how can both parties win from this mm-hmm. um so that that's kind of what what i like to think of as far as the buyers i think from like just everyday scenarios when you're dealing with with salespeople. um i think like patience uh, patience is something that that you need to have recognize that i mean particularly if it's a it's like a high school kid that's um like trying to help you out of the yeah. store and doesn't necessarily know anything well don't don't scream at them there's a reason that you know that or they don't that they don't know right that. yeah so, so just have, have patience and people are so busy these days like but are we like do we actually need to be busy or yeah. are we just <laughs> we have this sense of busyness like you you look and like you know you see a long line you're like oh i have to wait in line like well where are you going like some, yeah. sometimes you have somewhere to be but not always yeah um so just just have patience be a just general life advice be treat people how you would like to be treated yeah and uh but i think i think you're gonna get better experience out of it the whole out of the interaction that way yeah is um are there still salespeople out there that will be looking to take advantage of you or um cheat you or is that is that do they not last long as far as is that whole win-win thing goes yeah i mean so i i can't speak for uh for every every sales i'm sure there are people out there i mean there's some industries that that are uh kind of known for being a little bit greasy like that yeah um some industries just you you have a better uh i guess a better opportunity to cheat people so for example i know nothing about cars right yeah i know nothing about like if my ac goes or whatever so if i call the the ac unit guy or if i you know and he says yeah you need a new ac unit like well i'm gonna tend to believe him because i have no other like i know nothing about this um, so I think there's some industries where it's easier, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not to say that car and AC people are <laughs> slimy. I'm just saying that there's, there's opportunity, right? There's opportunity. The knowledge there. that the customer has is, right. is it's just a knowledge that, yeah. gap. Yeah. And so anytime there's a big knowledge gap, you can take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, but again, how, when you get a reputation for that, then right. you're not, you're not going to last. Yeah. And it, and, uh, yeah, it's. A reputation will hurt even if it's not true um, oh for sure what they're saying yeah well and especially with like social media and everything right yeah. now like, it doesn't take much and all of a sudden you're mud yeah so. yeah exactly yeah well thank you for the the um things that you've shared so far and i've i've learned a lot just uh from your things about uh your life what's gotten you to this point as well as different things that you think about as um, salesperson that's um, 
selling products and that kind of thing. So I'll give you a chance to, to say anything if there's anything that uh, we didn't get to that you were prepared to share or anything like that. But I also want to give you a chance to um, talk about or promote something that, uh, that you're interested in or think that others should hear about. So I'll uh, yeah, just see if there's anything that you'd like to say yet. Uh, so I think, I think it covered most of what I, what I wanted to say, um, as far as anyone listening, uh, I always recommend buying some apple chips, uh, either our original or our cinnamon or caramel apple chips. Um, we, we have a new, the new product that I mentioned, Salad Editions. We, uh, so it's a healthy salad topper that, uh, is available, available limited, uh, but it would be on our website okay. at, uh, martinsapples.com. And uh, I guess the other thing is that we are going to be, so we're doing in the middle of a, a, a refresh of our orchard market here uh, here at Martin's. And mm-hmm. that will, should be uh, should be up and running and open to the public in kind of by the end of September, I, I think is okay. the, the last I heard. Uh, so, so when that's up and running, I encourage people to, to come out and check it out and, so, and buy some excellent fresh apples so i was gonna ask it's gonna carry fresh apples and the other products too like chips and juice yeah. and yeah so it'll carry all of martin's products for sure um and but definitely a bit more of a focus on apples okay um yeah and, and we're we're apple growers and so so you can definitely come in and, and get some of the Excellent. some of ontario's finest so the the salad additions is that a play on like an addition to a salad very good Rob. okay yes yeah <laughs> so what kind of what what's in it is it are there apples in it yes there's dehydrated apple dices oh okay and then uh we supplement it with uh so some pumpkin seeds there's some dehydrated uh beets sweet potatoes oh wow um some like onion flakes uh so it's 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 excellent it's excellent it just gives it a crunch right and yeah uh, i actually like eating it just plain oh okay so it's something you can do just plain um anything that really needs a, a crunch nice. it's, it's so what you just throw it just onto lettuce or something like that or yeah just, i mean yeah. so i so i would say like so i mean i had a salad for lunch today where i had like salad and ch- or lettuce and chicken and tomatoes and oh, that okay, type yeah. of thing and and my dressing and then i just sprinkled a bunch on top okay just added so it was that. really good with that yeah it just yeah. adds in a little extra yeah all right excellent well thank you so much for uh for sharing it was it was a lot of fun to uh chat with you again thanks for having me yeah thank you everyone for listening and thank you logan for sharing your knowledge with us it was really great to hear his story and the passion that logan has to continue learning and growing within his role and i especially like the idea that he presented of partnering with customers and negotiating situations where both partners win so thank you logan for sharing those things as i mentioned during the intro I'm planning to invite Ricky back to the show for an audience question episode. Ricky is a graphic designer and has also partnered with me in bringing you this podcast, and he was my guest on episode one. On that show, we are planning to answer any audience questions or share any feedback that we receive. They can be about the podcast in general. They can be about graphic design if you have a question from from episode one that you thought of, or if you have a um, just a general question about graphic design, then Ricky would be happy to answer that. Or they can be questions about anything in general and our, we'll do our best with them. 
We're planning to record this segment on September 29th. So sometime before then, send me an email at contacteverydayexpertise.ca or if you go to the website, which is everydayexpertise.ca, then there's a form there at the bottom. You can use that form to send a message or any of the social media platforms that we're on, you can send a message that way. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, any of those, you should be able to reach us. I've really enjoyed the messages that I've, I've received from you so far. So don't be afraid to keep sending those, those questions and comments in that you have for the show. I, I really do enjoy that. That's all for now. Join me again next week to learn from the expertise of everyday people.